Welcome back to our Weird History Minisode, where we seek to bring you tales of the strange and unusual throughout history. This week, we are joined again by Casey Jump. Woohoo! Welcome back! Thank Jump you. Hello, everyone. So, do tell, Melissa. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What is it? What is it? I need tell to me, know. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are interested. <laughs> Hurry up! I need to know the topic. <laughs> Today is a tale of two baboons. Baboon. Back in history. Baboons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. I'm intrigued. Very interested now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, history and animals. Pretty interesting and fun. So the first one, so this would be Jack and Jackie the baboons. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> So the first one is Jack. So imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's cute and you're like, oh, it's so imaginative. <laughs> it's the Victorian times. Edwardian times. Ooh. Which one? Victorian or Edwardian? Pick. <laughs> Both. Jack was during the Victorian. Jackie is during the Edwardian. Aha. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So Jack, the baboon was a pet to James Edwin Wide, who was a, a railway signalman in Cape Town, South Africa. His nickname was also Jumper because apparently he had a habit of jumping from railway car to railway car, even when they were moving. And unfortunately, one day he misjudged his jump and got cut under a moving train and unfortunately lost both of his legs. Ouch. I was going to say that that's dangerous. Oh, oh my gosh. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. There are oh. pictures. They're actually really interesting oh. pictures. This guy was really innovative. Not deterred like a lot of people probably would have been at having lost both of their legs. And given it's also the Victorian times, you're not going to get any compensation for work-related injuries, for one. Two, you're now a paraplegic. You're really going to have a hard time finding a job. But since apparently he was such a good worker at the railway station in Cape Town, they decided that they would station him at a nearby station where he would just pull the levers and change the tracks so that at least he still had a job working for the railway company. He also lived about 10 minutes away from the railway station. So he actually even created his own handmade trolley that he would be able to push himself to and from work. That is so smart. Right? And innovative and optimistic of him that he Mm -hmm. just didn't give up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he also must have really liked his job. Yeah. Either that or he really needed the job. Well, both too, but I mean, trains are, lots of people like trains. Trains are cool. Yes, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. It was a good job back then. Yeah. Yeah, I probably paid pretty well. And again, it's one of the very few jobs you could have probably gotten as a paraplegic, even though, it, but I mean, he made himself legs, so it's a bit different. But that happened in 1877. While he was visiting a local market one day in 1881, he saw a baboon who was driving an ox cart a very unusual thing to see 
Wait, did you just say driving the ox? Uh, driving the ox cart. Smart creatures. What in the world? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it gets so much better than that. So he was apparently really captivated by this baboon driving this ox cart that he went up to the owner. Now, sources will vary on this, so there's no definitive what happened. We do know that eventually he was able to purchase the baboon, but it's also been said that the owner of Jack was so moved by James's story of being a paraplegic that he was, I don't say persuaded, but he, he sympathized and sold the baboon to James. That's really cute. So James took him home and not only did Jack become his pet, he also became his personal assistant. That's what I thought was going to go down. <laughs> what is he going to do as a personal assistant? Well, for one thing, he trained him to help him around the house. So soon after getting him, Jack was now sweeping floors and taking out the trash. One smart baboon. No, oh, it gets so much better. Jack was an incredibly smart baboon. So not too long after that as well, James would train Jack how to push the trolley to and from work because it was still, even if it's a 10 minute commute, as a paraplegic pushing your own trolley cart, that's still really hard to do. So there are pictures of, I guess they're stage pictures, but they're still pictures of Jack pushing the cart while James is sitting on it. So he trained Jack to help him get to and from work. That is so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, that's just such an incredible story. Like this is, I can't wait to see the pictures. Oh, how do we do this whole, I'll just send you the link. Yeah, you can just put it in the chat or email us the links, but yes, it's interesting. And it's way smarter to purchase the baboon, have them train them how to uh, push the cart and do the chores. And instead of hiring someone. Right. As long as he was kind to Jack. He was very kind to Jack. And I've got sources that mention that. Good, good, good. Because animals, you know, can be so taken advantage of. Of course, absolutely. But I can't imagine from the description of this guy, I can't imagine him being unkind to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. So hold on one second. Let me copy this link and I'll send it into the chat. And there is your page for pictures. Oh, let me see. Oh my gosh. Oh, how cute. Oh, I see working the the levers and oh, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. But you can also see the crutches or the peg legs, essentially, that he oh, made for himself. Look at those. Wow. I love it. What an incredible man, an incredible journey. Oh, I'm not even done, but yes. He looks like just so sweet, but yet badass at the same time. Like well, South Africa during the Victorian times kind of was frontier land. Yeah. Oh. Are right, you ready to hear things. more about Jack? Yes, please. Hurry up. <laughs> I want no more. So as a signalman, what, what James's job would be was, as you've seen the pictures, there's a set of levers right next to the train cabin. 
So as the trains would come in and out of the station, they would sound their whistle a certain amount of times to let the, uh, the signalman know which track that they want to be changed onto. In addition to that, they would also sound the whistle a certain amount of times to let the signalman know whether they want the keys to get to the coal shed or the keys for just the train itself too, which they would keep on hand. Since Jack would go with James to work, he would actually watch James pull these levers based off the number of train whistles. And pretty soon he picked up on it and started doing it himself. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Not even trained, mm-hmm. Not even trained by... Uh, well, he was technically, he was trained a bit. He started, James noticed that Jack was doing this and noticing this, the, this pattern of whistles per train tracks and which levers to correspond with. But he also trained him to make sure he was understanding it correctly and would hold up one finger to two fingers to correspond with the amount of whistles and then uh, it, you know, to actually kind of test him himself. And every time he put up the corresponding finger to the train whistle, Jack would correctly pull the correct lever to change the tracks. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then one more time, I didn't hear that. Holy mackerel. Yes. Holy baboon. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. <that. laughs> So according to the railway signal, which I think was a, a paper of the time, uh, they stated that Y, quote, trained the baboon to such perfection that he was able to sit in his cabin stuffing birds while the animal, which was chained up outside, pulled all the levers and points. But apparently Jack seemed to enjoy it. So as I mentioned, Jack also learned about the keys. So as I said, that the trains would come in and they would sound a certain number of whistles that would correspond whether they want the keys, usually for the coal shed. And Jack would notice James grabbing the keys from the cabin and then hobbling over to the conductor to give him his keys. So as he noticed this was a pattern with the number of whistles, Jack would then just grab the keys and then monkey on over and give the conductor the keys. Also, as a city is in charge of the coal shed. So if anyone wanted coal, they literally would have to go through the baboon to get the coal and get the keys. <laughs> that is great. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Talk to the baboon. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah. I'm like, just going to hear do my taxidermy. You go talk to the baboon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you want something? Here's Jack the baboon. This is who you need to talk to. Yeah. This is a man right here. (laughs) So one day people going through people, uh, passengers on the trains would notice the baboon, but think it was like, wait, did I just, what did I just see? Okay. And the station managers were aware that James had hired an assistant, but was not aware it was a baboon because why would you? So one day, apparently a very posh and fancy train pulled through the station and one of the fancy posh passengers saw Jack handling these train tracks and immediately complained to the railroad authorities, which is not, I mean, in today's we're like, oh gosh, that's such a Karen thing to do. But no, when you see an animal pulling the train track levers, 
I would complain too, because what is going on? That's a very unusual thing to see. Well, you're putting my life in a baboon's hand, you know? Technically, yeah. So so I don't blame them, but- No, I don't, I don't at all. And my destination, like, is it going to send me on the wrong direction? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The conductor drives the train, but it doesn't do anything about which track it's on. It can't pull the levers themselves. This is the 1880s. So- as I said, the managers knew that James had an assistant. When they came to the station to investigate, they immediately fired both James and Jack. Not, not really unsurprising, but James was able to convince his managers to test Jack's abilities, saying he's amazing. He never makes a mistake. He understands this. I guarantee you test his abilities. He was very, he apparently he was able to convince them. And apparently during the test, the managers would actually run the stations through the yard, sound the train whistles, watch Jack as he correctly corresponded the lever with the number of whistles, all the while actually watching the trains to make sure he also made the correct choice, just like a human would. That brings me so much joy. <laughs> Here's the thing. Humans make mistakes too, though. Sure do. Oh, yeah. Probably more than that baboon. <laughs> Definitely more than this baboon. So one of uh, James's superintendents, a man named George B. Howe, actually stated dur- uh, after writing up a report for this that Jack knows the signal whistles as well as I do. Also, every one of the levers. And he also states that it was very touching to see his fondness for his master. As I drew near, they're both sitting on the trolley, the baboon's arm around Wyde's neck, and the other touching his master's face. Very cute. So after his incredibly successful assessment, the railway company actually hired both of them back. Jack was now officially an employee. He actually got an official employee ID number was paid 20 cents a day and was given half a bottle of beer a week as payment. Good for him. Half a bottle of beer to a monkey? Well, here's the the thing. When James was able to acquire Jack from the market way, uh, the, the market previous owner, the owner specifically told him, Make sure that you give him alcohol or else he's going to get angry. Apparently, he had a habit of being fed alcohol. I think particularly bourbon. Oh, he has good taste. (laughs) Yes. And although it's also the Victorian times, feeding your animals alcohol was probably a very common thing. Yeah, he's going to get cranky. (laughs) But essentially, yeah, if you don't give him the alcohol, this monkey is going to go literally monkey on you. Okay, never mind. Give the monkey, give the monkey the alcohol. Give the monkey the alcohol. <laughs> he works hard. He's earned it. Right, 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 right. right. If so he's all the work, he, <laughs> he deserves to let loose. Technically. <laughs> uh, apparently, Jack, after, after all this and it hitting the local papers and everything, Jack became a kind of a local celebrity. People would actually come visit the station just to sit and watch him. This is, again, pre- technology and or pre-computers and television and radio it's something to spice up your day go watch a monkey pull some levers at a railway station although mind you even that was going on today i'd probably go watch it that's what i was gonna say i'm there 
<laughs> That's fascinating to me, right? Uh, yeah. So nine years, Jack worked at this station. Nine years. Nine years. Um. Would you like? to take a guess as to how many mistakes he made in those nine years keep in mind humans make mistakes two one or two should we do a price is right what version of this <laughs> come on down yeah let's do it Casey, i want to know the price you're the closest with he never made a single mistake in nine years i was gonna say never but then you said well keep in mind humans make mistakes so sorry <laughs> you know because even though he's an animal, he's human, you know, in a way. Well, he can still, I mean, just because he can do something doesn't mean he can't make mistakes. That is so impressive. That is a Keeping in mind, he was probably constantly drunk too. <laughs> Even more impressive. Right, exactly. Nine years, no mistake, constantly boozed up. Wow. Yeah. That is a really, that's a really cool story. So Jack uh, unfortunately died of tuberculosis nine years later in 1890. I didn't know that monkeys could get TB, but okie dokie. I may be being around humans for that long. Probably. Well, also, yeah. we're descendants of apes, so we kind of have the same system. Monkeys and apes are slightly different. They are, but the system isn't that different, I don't think. It's off by a little bit. I'm not going to lie, obviously, but <laughs> I, I think their system is very similar in that you don't want kind of like pneumonia. You don't want water in your lungs. No, I've had that. Thank you. I know you have. Oh, the heck do you think took you to the hospital? <laughs> One you. Anywho, <laughs> if you're ever in Cape Town and or at least in Grahamstown, the Albany Museum there has his skull on display. Really? Mm -hmm. I want to go see that. <laughs> and I did the conversion. And now this is a, a, a straight up conversion. It's not so much an inflation conversion, but 20 cents a day at 365 at nine years is $657, which was a lot of money back then. Back then, yeah. And no, half a bottle of beer a week equals to 234 bottles of beer in nine years. Nice. Sounds like that monkey was, or that baboon, sorry, was living its best life. Oh, yeah. Probably even possibly better than his previous owner. I don't know how that previous owner treated him. True. Are you ready to hear the tale of Jackie the baboon? Yes. So Jackie was another Chakma baboon from the Cape Town area. Chakmas are a very common type of baboon. If you've seen them, they're the ones with the really sort of, they have a very dog-like face or a very pronounced snout to them, mm -hmm. but have a very human-like kind of a body where the way they just sit and stand and everything is very much like a human. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, baboons are not pets. These were local people from the area who decided to make these animals pets. And it doesn't always go out well. I, I can imagine that it wouldn't always. Wild animals are not pets, especially baboons, which can be vicious. Yeah, please don't go out and get an exotic wild animal as a pet. 
That's cruel too. Well, get a pet, get a domesticated version like mine, a cat. Well, that's what I'm saying. To domesticate something that's born wild is just. Well, how do you think we got cats and dogs? Well, no, I understand that. <laughs> but I mean, that's been years, but, uh, but you know, baboons have not been domesticated no. for. It's kind of like putting a great white shark in a aquarium tank. They don't really do well. Neither did Shambu. I agree. She never put an animal that large in a tank that small. Holy mackerel. Orcas are giant. Anyway, this is another case of a baboon becoming a pet. However, this one's a little different. Actually, it's a lot different. But in the same sense of it's a singular baboon. They usually travel in groups of anywhere between five to 100. Some sources I saw said 200. But the males will go back and forth between different groups. The females will always stay in their natal groups. And both of these are, of course, both male baboons. But it's very unusual to even see a male baboon, let alone any baboon, by itself. They are always in a group of at least five. So this was in, I don't have a definitive date, but I would probably put it, it says in the 1910s. So I would say anywhere between 1910 and 1912 that this happened. So there was a farmer named Albert Marr who found Jackie the baboon wandering by himself on his farm. And since he seemed to have gotten lost from his group, he decided to take him in and make him the family pet. Again, don't do that. (laughs) But Jackie was apparently a pretty good pet and helped around the house And he lived with with the Marr family for several years until 1915, when Marr was enlisted in World War I. Not wanting to leave his prized pet baboon at home, he asked his superiors if he could bring him along. I thought that's where it was going. Mm -hmm. To war? Why would you take your baboon to war? Have you never heard of Sergeant Stubby? They'd bring or Wojtek the bear. Uh, well, not the bear one, but stubby, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. In, in that case, I will not now, but I will bring up Wojtek the bear at another point. You'll love it. I love Wojtek. He's cute. There's video. It's adorable. But yes, his superior said, "Yeah, sure, you can bring the babu along." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bring bring your pet along with you, I guess. But it, it's <sighs> in a certain sense, I understand maybe cats or dogs being regimental mascots or pets on ships because it not only, especially cats on ships, because it helps with rodent problems, but it's also something that the the regiment can take care of. It's a pet, it's a mascot. It's something that everyone can equally take part and care for, especially when you have the ravages of war around you. A baboon is an unusual one. I would say. Mm -hmm. Now, Apparently, baboons were, I want to say uncommon, but there apparently were more than one baboon that fought during World War I, which I didn't know that there were even any. I'm sorry. Let, I'm me, let me take that back. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the military regiment from that area have had baboons in their regiment before. That so is- I guess maybe that's why they said yes. I was going something else. That is something. Mm, well, I mean, I've never heard of this. kind of native to the area. 
Yeah. I just, I've never heard of it. No. This is really fascinating. <laughs> so apparently Mark took Jackie with him. Jackie was given the same treatment as any other soldier in the regiment. He trained with them. He drilled with them. He learned to salute his superior officers. He was also given a military uniform complete with military buttons. There's actually a picture. Let me find one. I'll send it to you. He had regimental badges, a cap, a paybook, and even a rations uh, book for himself too. That is so precious. Let me send this over to you real quick. I'll share with you this picture of Jackie. There you go. Oh, look at his little suit. His suit is adorable. His little, not suit, his uniform. Get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Mm-hmm. actually really cute it's very cute oh and, and that, there, that would be his owner yeah it would be his owner that's albert marr oh he is really cute too oh mm-hmm. what a and pair then the, one the one with the little girl so apparently jackie had admirers for fighting in world war one so when he got back home there were people that wanting to come visit him or if they were camped out uh, around europe people would come see our baboon mascot I would. A lot of people in Europe probably hadn't maybe even seen Baboon at that point, too. And and this is this picture. I love it. The picture of him eating his food. Yeah, yeah, it's adorable. Just sitting there. It's very British, but very South African kind of British, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sit on the cannon. These are really fascinating pictures. Adorable for sharing. Yeah. So. While he was with the regiment, he was apparently often assigned to sentry duty as being a baboon. He has a heightened sense of smell and hearing. And apparently he was very good at keeping predators as well as enemies at bay away from the regiment. That's such a wise way to utilize the talents of this animal. Like that Mm -hmm. is, I love it. And he, as I said, very, very quickly became the regiment, uh, became the third became the mascot of the third regiment from the area and not only did he live in south africa he like i said he moved with them when the regiment went and traveled around europe so during world war one at one point they were actually in egypt uh during the battle of agacia i guess is how you pronounce it i'm not sure how to pronounce it a-g-a-g-i-a go with it agacia sure and apparently his owner had was wounded during the battle and jackie was actually seen licking the wound while they were waiting for help to come in that's precious yeah be still my heart yeah well well the next part it's not quite as precious oh so they were in france not too long after egypt and actually fighting in the delville wood campaign at the somme thankfully they both survived the psalm where most people didn't but as they were in the trenches jackie would actually also help in the trenches and at one point during this campaign he was seen making a small a a a wall at the trenches made of stones from the area to protect himself as the shrapnels and everything flying around them which is really smart thing to do unfortunately a piece of shrapnel flew over his little wall and struck jackie in the leg so the doctor tried oh. to save his leg, but apparently it also had to be amputated. 
which so that one picture at the very, very top where he's sitting straight faced. If you look, he doesn't have a nut. He's missing a leg. I didn't even know. Oh, what? didn't even notice that. I didn't either. I thought maybe he had it tucked up like, you know, a knee up kind of a thing. I didn't even notice it was gone. Yeah. Oh. And his, the, the, the doctor, of course, having only treated humans, didn't know how much chloroform to sedate Jackie with. So oh, no. like, oh, I think I may be giving him too much because I don't know what to give him because obviously I don't know his metabolic rate and everything. And he said, um, I don't think he's going to pull through. Surprisingly, he did. A few days later, Jackie was up and about. Yay! <laughs> and apparently for his bravery during World War I, Jackie was not only given the Medal of Valor, which was the Pretoria Citizen Service Medal, he was also promoted from private to corporal. That is, oh, it's so cool. War, little war hero. Yeah, a little war baby. That is adorable. <laughs> so in about 1920, well, the war ended in 1918, so I don't know. I, one of my sources said 1920, but the war ended in 1918, so I, I don't know, maybe in 1919 for traveling back. Yeah. I guess, but around the time that Mar was discharged from service, Jackie was also discharged. They both moved back to the family farm and Jackie resumed being the family pet until his death. When he was discharged, this is really cool. Jackie, the baboon, was not only given civil employment papers, which is what you would normally give your discharged military to go find work afterwards, he was also given a military pension. <laughs> Sadly, however, Jackie died in a house fire on the family farm in 1921. But why did it have to end this way? Well, he could he doesn't live forever. His yeah, owner died in 1973. His family around him. <laughs> He's a war hero. He doesn't deserve to go out like that. And, and, uh, he was still well loved and well cared for. It's just a thing when you're like, you survived a war and you go out and die in such a horrible way. Yeah. You survived the song. That's enough. True. That's pretty baller right there. Yes. I think the song had an 80% death rate, something like that. It was crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Battle of the Somme was one of the worst battles of world war one if not maybe one of the worst battles in all of history in terms of death i would be interested to learn more about that i think i would probably liken the Somme to world war one as antietam to the civil war oh gotcha the u.s civil war that puts it into perspective yeah seeing as you live in richmond huh i said seeing as you live in richmond you probably might understand that one well yes but like i was so immersed in the in the civil war in like seventh and eighth grade that's all we learned about mm -hmm. when i lived in new jersey and so i grew very passionate about the civil war antietam was pretty bloody yeah it was yep but on a positive note jackie was the only time uh, not only the my, my brain is faster than my mouth he is the only baboon in Cape Town history to serve with a rank of private or higher. As I said, that they had baboons previously in their military, but none of them actually had ranking. So Jackie was the first. 
<laughs> and he's the only baboon to have served in World War I. What a story. Just blown away by these two stories. Aren't they neat? Yeah. This is why she always makes it a mystery so that she gets her genuine reactions. I never know what the topic is going to be until the recording. Yep. Love it. Yay. Oh, well, before we end this one and we start the next one, this is coming out just before our one year anniversary. Go, you two. It doesn't feel like it's been a year. <laughs> yeah, so we will be doing our a special. We're redoing our very first episode on Pompeii. Oh yeah. Oh, that is awesome. I cannot wait. Yeah, we're redoing, reorganizing it, and and making it so that you can kind of understand what we're saying. Apparently, it was a little <laughs> discombobulated. We were a little all over the place with that very first one, but, you know, as time goes on, you learn new things. So we reorganized, we're getting reprepped. So yeah. One of my favorite moments in history to learn about and discover, and also one of my favorite places that I've ever been in my life. Of course. I love you, but I hate you. I want to go to Puppy so bad. Melissa hates you at the moment. Oh, you need you need to go. I know. I would it's love. Favorite, to go it's my favorite archaeological site in the world. Huh? I say it's probably my favorite archaeological site in the world. It's I, I learned about it when I was six, and I've been wanting to go ever since. And they're learning more and more, like every day. They're discovering new artifacts every day, and and new bodies too. It's like it's, it's fascinating. And in addition to uh, our one year anniversary, Lauren and I do have some projects and the work that we will be working on. But as they sort of progress, we will keep you guys informed. Nice. We'll come back to you, we promise. <laughs> but in the meantime, look for our episode on Pompeii as it is coming up very soon complete another redo guys redo so that you can enjoy it just like we did doing the research (laughs) i think that was the one where i was like there's so much well i think that's why we're making it this one a two-parter now we're redoing it making it two parts because there's so much info that i mean i could talk about pompeii for hours i've probably said it on the first episode and i there's always just so much history. And believe me, we could listen to you guys talk about it for hours. Well, thank you. We're thank going you. to enjoy. But well, I guess on yep. that note, we shall end this weird history. Yeah. See us next week for Pompeii. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that'll do for this episode of History Explains It All. And we hope to see you next week. As we trek through history to explain <laughs> it all. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing a countdown. <laughs> Should we do it again? <laughs> One, two, three, go. Explain it all. <laughs> Someday we'll get this down. Someday. Just not today. Then <laughs> the giggles stop, maybe. Bye. No promises.
Bye.